You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds. This is episode 11. Uh, we're looking at the results from the week starting Tuesday, the 3rd of October. And I'm delighted to be joined on the line by my partner in crime, Tom Hiscott, of course, author of the Bulletin and the Western League column in the Non-League paper. Tom, how are you? Yeah, doing really well, thanks, Ian. Um, how about yourself? Yeah, not bad at all. Of course, it was a massive weekend in the Western League, wasn't it? We had our ground hop, and I believe that you were able to take in some of the action. Indeed. Uh, on Saturday morning, I went to the uh, Welton Rovers fixture, uh, alongside 246 others, um, for the match against Kingston, and it was a re- really entertaining game and, and some really big attendances this weekend, which is really good to see. Yeah, great to see that that ground hop um, was such a success. And one of the things that struck me talking about it on last week's podcast was that Soma Valley axis from uh, Welton to Radstock, that up up to Odd Down, and then over, of course, um, to um, to Whitchurch on the outskirt on the outskirts of Bristol. And uh, that really is the theme of um, of today's podcast. As you as you as the listeners will see as as we go on, um, I'm very keen to focus on my old stomping ground in the in the Soma Valley but um, I won't give too much away just yet um, we'll start as we always do Tom by going through the, the the midweek fixtures and I did say it right at the top of the podcast that that was going to be Tuesday the 3rd of October and we start in the Premier Division uh, with um, with Cribs at home to Clevedon and it was uh, it was a good win for the home side yeah uh, a 4-2 win for Cribs and it was Ben Dowdle uh, who scored a hat-trick for them uh, against Clevedon uh, he scored the only goal in the first half before Jack McKenna then doubled their lead. Uh, Cleveland got back into the game through Glenn Hayer uh, and then were actually back on level terms when Isaac Reed scored from quite long range. Uh, but then Dowdle uh, took over and, and scored twice uh, in the closing stages and led Cribs to the, uh, the, the uh, 4-2 win. And it was another 4-2 result, this time in the first division between Canesham and Devizes. Yeah, in a similar way of, of, of how the game panned out. Um, Kainstream actually two up early, thanks to Cameron Shawnee and Matt Kernock, uh, before Devizes got back on level terms. Uh, Tom Slater and Jay Walter scoring for them. Uh, and then with 20 minutes left, uh, Sam Duggan scored to, to regain the lead for Kainstream, and then Carl Box wrapped up the victory later on. Now, moving into Wednesday, the 4th of October, our cup heroes, Bridport, they were at home to Shepton Mallet. And last last week on the podcast, I speculated whether or not Bridport might have a hangover because Shepton are no, they're no pushovers, but um, the home side did emerge with all three points. Yeah, they prevailed thanks to a, a brace from Ed Butcher, uh, scored other side of a goal from Ollie Bryant uh, for Shepton. So a 2-1 win for, for Bridport and a, and a really good crowd on a, on a Wednesday, 120 there. Street have been on a very good run of form and they continued in winning ways when they visited Hengrove. Yeah, just a 1-0 win and it was 99th minute, I believe, a 9th minute of stoppage time. Left it extremely late and it was Ben Amgar uh, striking from long distance uh, to give Street the 1-0 win. Now, our ground hop weekend started on Friday the 6th of October in the 1st Division. Ashton and Backwell United, they were at home to Bishop Sutton. The crowd was 225. Well, it was three goals to get our Groundhopper weekend off to a, to a good start. Yeah, slightly below the actual average for the Groundhopper weekend. Lots of goals to talk about this weekend, but it was a 2-1 win uh, to kickstart the, uh, the weekend, as I say, for uh, Ashton and Backwell. And it was Sam Skidmore who scored twice for the home side. Uh, they managed to hold on despite losing uh, Sam Thomas to a red card. So uh, three points for Ashton and Backwell on Friday night. 
Now, moving into the games on Saturday, the 7th of October, and uh, a Premier Division clash, Bridgewater Town. We never really know which Bridgewater side's going to turn up. We've, been, we've had high hopes for them as they're coming down to the Western League from the Southern League, of course, but sometimes they flatter to deceive. The visitors were high-flying Buckland Athletic, another monster crowd of 201, but it was a pretty one-sided affair, wasn't it, Tom? It was, and it was Bridgewater Town. Four one winners they ran out, and this is definitely their best performance of the relegation last season. Um, it marks them as someone to watch for the, the remainder of the season. I would, I would, I would add. Uh, they made the perfect start with Sean Cox scoring after just four minutes, but then Buckland hit back. Uh, top scorer Jared Lewington, adding to his ever-growing tally this season with another goal. Uh, but then Bridgewater took over, and David Pearce uh, he put them ahead. Uh, before Jack Taylor scored twice in the second half uh, to lead Bridgewater to a really big 4-1 win. And Street capitalising on Buckland's slip there. They had a strong win away at Cadbury Heath. Yeah, extending their lead at the top of the table. Uh, Street, a 4-0 win away at Cadbury Heath. Uh, a known goal in the first half, put them on the way, and then after the, after the break, uh, they found their shooting boots and uh, storm victory with goals from Harry Foster, Josh Wadham and Lewis Tasker. Now, Bradford Town, they had another difficult task on the road away to Clevedon Town, but um, they're still grinding out results, aren't they, Bradford? They are indeed. Uh, a 2-1 win away at Clevedon. Uh, the unbeaten run continues. Uh, and actually, the hosts um, were actually ahead Clevedon after 20 minutes through Jamie Fisher uh, before Bradford equalised uh, when Sam Jordan headed home from a, a Ricky Scott cross. Uh, and the game was then uh, destined to be a, to be a draw, uh, but Scott had other ideas. And his deflected effort quite late on um, led Bradford to the three points and a 2 on win. Plenty of goals at Cribs, uh, where the visitors were Bridport. Yeah, and this game kicked off um, in terms of the goal action just around half-time. Uh, Bridport taking the lead uh, through Mark Salter, uh, and then added to that with Lee Sweet, that was his first goal for the club. But then Cribs, uh, coming out from half-time, scored five goals in the space of just five minutes uh, to move into a lead. It was Darren Edwards scoring twice, uh, and also... Jacob Hodgson uh, adding a goal, uh, but then Bridport um, managed to get back uh, level uh, quite soon after, in fact, so another goal. Four goals in the space of six minutes, and it's Tom Richardson who grabbed the uh, equaliser, and that was how it stayed, a 3 all draw. And another 3 all draw to talk about. This is one of our groundhog games. It was Hengrove Athletic against Hallen. Yeah, on the, the Saturday night fixture, and it was Hallen who, who made the better start, and they were actually two goals ahead uh, through Scott Thomas and uh, Luke Mills uh, before Hengrove hit back uh, after the break thanks to goals from Craig White and Reece Hickory to level things Hallen then recovered uh, and retook the lead with 20 minutes remaining through Scott Cousins uh, but then Hengrove um, in, the, in the dying moments were added uh, awarded a penalty and uh, Jack Fillingham fired at home and, and grabbed, a, grabbed a draw for them and a 3 all draw and another draw another ground hop game this was odd down at home to Bitten yeah more ground hop drama it seems uh, and it was home side, uh, Oddown, who went ahead uh, just after the half-hour mark through Kane Simpson. Uh, but then they had uh, Dave Gould sent off, uh, allowing Bitten back into the game. Uh, but then, <laughs> if that Bitten were, were given a red card of their own with, through, uh, with Carl Tews uh, removed from the field, uh, but that didn't deter them. And goals from Joe McLennan and Tom Knight put them to one ahead. Uh, and then another late goal, uh, less than 10 minutes left on the clock, uh, and Asa White uh, converting a penalty. Uh, to claim a point for down and two all draw. Now, Wellington, they were at home to Longwell Green Sports. Yeah, the, the bottom side, Longwell Green, unfortunately, another defeat for them. Um, Wellington uh, claiming a 2 1 win thanks to goals from Sam Taylor and Connor Bryant. 
Now then, my hometown team of Melchant Town, they were away at the beautiful Cathedral City of Wells and um, they certainly enjoyed their day out. Yeah, more of a rugby score. So on a 10-0 win uh, for Melksham. Uh, and it all went wrong for Wells really early on, uh, having a man sent off after just five minutes. Uh, and then Gary Higdon converting uh, the resulting spot kicks, obviously giving Melksham the, the dream start. Uh, and Higdon ended the game with four to move to 14 in the league this season, having a really good really good campaign to date. Luke Ballinger also added a hat-trick. Uh, and further goals from Warren Maidman, Dan Demkiv and Tyler Siddick. So, yeah, a 10-0 route uh, in, in Melksham's favour. I was keeping an eye on the score uh, on Twitter, as I as I do on a Saturday afternoon, and um, I had one of those sort of 1980s vidi printer moments, really, because as you saw the tweets coming in and the score racking up, I think the, to write the word as well as the number to really believe, but I'm, um, I'm sure that Wells City will bounce back in the coming weeks, and... Um, and Melksham caught them on a bad day. Now then, finally, in the Premier Division, Will and Rovers, they've been flying high. They're one of those teams that we've been talking about. They were at home to Chipping Sodbury Town. Yeah, and Will and slipped to a, a surprise uh, defeat here. One nil at home to, to Chipping Sodbury, and, and the goal came uh, by some, some luck for Chipping Sodbury. And it was an own goal from Mike Searle, uh, the Willand keeper. Um, but yeah, impressive result from Chipping Sodbury to, to keep Willand at bay and keep the clean sheet, and, and they take the three points. We need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Toolstation. But it's a... Uh... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Toolstation website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock. Hit this button. Thanks, hand. And it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect. Another helping hand from Toolstation. Your best mate for the job. And now moving into the first division, we start with Almondsbury. They were at home to Calm Town. Yeah, and Almondsbury haven't been having too much luck at home recently. So a first home win for them uh, since August, 3-1 over Calm. And it was two goals in the opening ten minutes of the second half uh, from Henry Greensbury and Ashley Knight, which uh, put them on their way. Uh, Calm got back into the game through Mark Dolman before Danny Lane wrapped up the win late on for, for Almondsbury. Chippenham Park, they were at home to Chard and it was the Somerset side that had the uh, the better day out. It did, and it was Alex Stauffer who um, scored in the 15th minute to, to give them the, the good start. Uh, and then a late goal from Matt Howe uh, wrapped things up uh, and three points for Chard. Now, Devizes Town, they're a side that's gone under my radar, but um, they've been putting together a very impressive run of results and uh, they, secured an, they secured another win at home to Wing Canton this Saturday. Yeah, and one of their, their strikers is doing extremely well at the moment, Tom Slater. Uh, I think he would, might have bagged a hat-trick last week. Uh, he grabbed two this weekend uh, in a 3-0 win at home to Wincanton. Uh, he added twice, added two goals after Jake Roberts' early opener. And another side that uh, I called out right at the beginning of the season, Radstock Town, play some cultured football, lost their way a little bit in recent, in recent weeks, but um, they've been on another good run of form, and uh, they were another one of our groundhog games at home to Oldland Abertonians. Yeah, the lowest scoring ground up game of the weekend, just a 1-0 win for the Radstock so they snapped home. And it was an own goal from Scott Gregory, uh, the Oldland uh, player, uh, that gave Radstock the win, but another really good crowd, which is uh, fantastic to see. Well, I'm delighted to welcome back to the Toolstation Western League podcast Shane Smith, the manager of Radstock Town, the Miners, of course. And uh, Shane, you were involved in another one of the groundhop games at the weekend. The visitors were high-flying Oldland Abertonians. You must have been really pleased with the result. Absolutely, yeah. It was a spectacular day. 
Um, the players enjoyed the, um, the the amount of support we had. Um, it was a fantastic day, and obviously winning the game uh, made the day e- even more better. It was a close affair in the end, wasn't it? Only uh, only one nil. But um, did you think your boys were good value for the three points? Um, we, we, we did actually because we thought that um, we had the, the uh, Lions um, share of possession and also we had the better chance to three throughout the game to probably make the game a little bit easier but no, that's not firm for we always make it difficult <laughs> Um, obviously, it was a big ground because it, a big crowd. Sorry, because it was the ground hop um, um, weekend. Did you have any nerves going into the game that your players might um, might get the nerves in front of such a big crowd, or did you think it would it would help your boys on the day? Well, believe it or not, we have still got a young team, but because um, some of our players have already played um, in the the FA Youth Cup. Uh, against um, some some big name teams in the last couple of years, the players adapted really well, and in fact, it actually spurred them on to more actually perform and put a good performance out to show um, the level of football that that we can actually um, put out on a Saturday. Now, if we um, if we look back for a moment uh, over the season so far, you're going very well in the league at the moment. You're handily placed in third, but September was a bit of a, a month of two halves for you, wasn't it? The first half of September, some some disappointing results, but the second half of September, you've been on a very very good run. Absolutely, and it was disappointing. It was a, a lot of it was down to players going on holiday and having other. Um, commitments and unfortunately we couldn't never get our best team out and we've just started now uh, to turn things around because we've got everyone available which is makes us one of the strongest teams in the, in the league when we've got everybody available of the teams you've played so far um, I notice you've you've played the likes of Devizes who um, um, who are currently second and uh, of course I watched your game against Westbury United You've played some of the big boys. Um, who are the teams that have impressed you the most? Where do you think your competition's going to come from this season? Well, I think you're right when you said the Voices, um, were We actually felt were the best team that we um, we played. Unfortunately, we played them on a night game and um, they may well have um, put some extra players in from, from, from other other clubs. But then in Westbury, I think, are probably the two teams that, uh, if anyone's going to win the league, they're the teams that um, you, you know, we've got to finish above, really. So Westbury and the Voices, um, they, they are the, the main two teams that we felt have been the best we've played so far. You've played a lot of games already. You've played 13 yeah. matches. You've only, we're only two months um, really into uh, to the season. Have you found the Saturday midweek, Saturday midweek um, game schedule for those first couple of months um, difficult to manage? Absolutely. Yeah, and it's, it's been, it has been difficult because not everybody can commit to playing midweek games Saturday midweek, not in this day and age. And that is, I think, one of the, the stumbling blocks um, for us to play so many games before Christmas. I think somebody um, put to me that I think we play nearly 30 games before Christmas, which it is a lot, a lot of games for us players to play. Well, looking ahead to October, the fixture schedule sli- um, slightly calms down. We are in 
Somerset FA Premier Cup territory. You've got a game on Wednesday against Bishops Lydiard, but the league schedule for you is um, is also pretty daunting this month. You've obviously seen off Oldland Abertonians at the beginning of the month, but you travel to Bristol Telephones uh, on October the 18th, and you are away to Canesham Town at the end of the month. It feels a little bit too early to say it's a make or break month, but of course, if you could um, keep your good form going against those quality sides, then I think that uh, I think you'll be sending a statement to the rest of the division. I think so. I think that they, those those teams are are progressively the stronger teams in in our in our division. Um, but you know, if we're going to um, to be um, knocking on the door at the end of the season, then we have to take points. That'd be quite right. How do you feel about the fact that actually the Oldland game is the only time you'll be at Southfields in October? Is that going to be a problem, or are you happy to get some of those away ties out of the way early? Well, your home, our home form has been absolutely outstanding. Um, so, yeah, it is, it is something that um, last year we done well away from home. Uh, we picked up a lot of points. Not so many on the night games, but on a Saturday away from home we've done very well. So hopefully it be a start of um, one of games where there will be a way that we can show the resilience that's needed to, to win games and take points up. Uh, and um, I notice um, later in the month you've got a trip to my hometown of Portsmouth. You're in the FA Vars. The opponents are Baffin's Milton, Ro- uh, Milton Rovers. How much do you know about, about them? And is that an exciting um, tie for the, uh, for the side to take on? It, it certainly is a club we're looking forward to. It. We're, we're going to make it a, a, a day out for, for the whole club. We've got a lot of support. We've got a couple of coaches um, that are preparing to go down um, to support Smith. And I, I have, I have um, done quite a bit of homework on them. Um, there's two Sunday teams that have merged together that, um, from a couple of years ago. They've only formed uh, for a few years, but they've done exceptionally well in those few years. They've moved up through the pyramid system um, and um, it is a game that we are looking forward to very much so now, um, just looking ahead to the rest of the season, we've got an awful long way to go yet. But I know you're an ambitious, you're an ambitious manager, you're an ambitious club. What were the targets that you set for the players at the beginning of this season? Well, our, our first objective from the chairman was to make sure that we we get an NSA um, cup spot. So that was that was the first objective, and then. Um, Whatever came after that, whether it was um, we were looking for promotion, then that would be a bonus. But our main objective is to gain another FA Cup spot. And what we've done with the FA Vars, we will try and go as far as we can in that competition as well. Shane, thank you very much for your time today. I've only got one other uh, question for you, really, and um, I'm using today's podcast as an opportunity to talk a little bit about how community radio can support uh, Western League clubs. We already do quite a lot to promote um, the member clubs across community radio, but, of course, you and I came together through Summer Valley FM. I just wondered if you could tell the listeners to the podcast what it means for you as a manager and perhaps most importantly for the players and supporters to have regular coverage of your games and your results on community radio. Well, as we've known, the last few years, our Boxing Day games have been absolutely fantastic. Um, our local rivals are Welton Rose, is a great derby, and when we have the radio um, supporting uh, that game... And our players, and I know um, the supporters, think it's a fantastic for a local club like Radstone and other local clubs 
um, to be able to have that coverage on the radio. And Roman Glass St George, they entertained Malmesbury Victoria in a rather one-sided affair. Yeah, sixth win of the season uh, for Roman Glass, 5-1 win at home to Malmesbury. And they had a really good first half, uh, taking the lead through Joe Swift before adding a couple more goals uh, just before the break, uh, thanks to Drew Hamilton Dunn and Sam Wetland. Uh, Malmesbury got themselves back into the game uh, through Josh Hughes, uh, but they didn't manage any more than that. And uh, Roman Glass pushed on, and goals from Tom Sellers and Jake Hodgson uh, secured them the 5-1 win. Sherbourne Town, they were at home to Corsham Town. Yeah, and uh, a 4-2 win away for Corsham. Uh, they found themselves 2-1 down, uh, despite Colin, Callum Devkin uh, putting them ahead. Uh, but then after the break, they pushed on, and Gary McDermott, Lee Rogers, and new signing uh, Devkin uh, scored a second, uh, and they captured their fourth win of the season, and it was a 4-2 win. Now... Bristol Telephones, of course, they lost last week in the table-topping clash with Westbury. I wondered whether they would return to winning ways, but they could only manage a point away at Warminster. Yeah, they definitely haven't stopped scoring. I mean, the, the winds have dried up a little bit, but uh, a three-all draw away at Warminster. Uh, two goals for Darnie Golding, who's doing well this season uh, for the Phones, uh, but they didn't manage, as I say, didn't get the three points, and Warminster had a, 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 a striker themselves who grabbed, twice, uh, grabbed two goals uh, with James Vincent going a brace and the free all draw. And now the game that you were at, Tom, it was Welton Rovers. They were at home to Canesham Town. Of course, Canesham were a side that we featured a lot on last year's podcast. We've been waiting for them to go again in their first division charge this season. Welton, getting some interesting results of late, but, um, well, how did uh, how did you see this one from the touchline? Yeah, it was a really entertaining game, I thought. A 3-1 win uh, in the end for Welton, uh, but they didn't make the greatest start. Canesham did go ahead. Uh, with Matt Kernock finishing really well into the bottom corner uh, after pretty much Welton pretty ha- hadn't had pretty much a touch, so it was a really good start for Canesham. Uh, but the, the home side did manage to get into the game in what was tough conditions, uh, and they levelled after half an hour uh, with Tom Smith turning the ball home from a corner uh, unopposed. And then not long after, they, they turned the deficit into a lead. Chris Pyle breaking down the left-hand side, uh, he put a cross in uh, with Shaquille Green, got the faintest of headers on uh, to put them 2-1 ahead at the break. Uh, Canesham had... Some good chance in the second half. They hit the bar late on, uh, but then uh, with time running out, Welton uh, hit them on the counter-attack and it was Pyle, uh, the diminutive winger, uh, really well-taken goal. He was one-on-one with the defender, uh, beat him for pace quite easily, and then slipped the ball uh, past the keeper and uh, gave them the three points. A really good win for Welton. And most importantly, Tom, what did you make of West Clues? Oh, lovely little area. Not... not um, uh, not the not the nicest of the weather, as I mentioned, but um, yeah, I enjoyed it as a as a ground, and I'm definitely hoping to make another trip back soon. So I'm delighted to welcome to the Tool Station Western League podcast Clive Scott, the manager of Welton Rovers. Clive, thank you very much for taking the time to join us for the first time this season. Of course, we spoke to you last season, and um, it's uh, it's the it's the morning after the weekend before. It was Groundhopper Weekend. It all kicked off on the Saturday uh, with an early morning kickoff uh, for you. Uh, the visitors were Canesham Town, and you had a fantastic result, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, it was an absolutely great result for the boys. Um, thoroughly deserved, I might, might add. Yeah, it was a good, good day all round. Canesham went well last season, didn't they? And I think everybody's expecting them to put together a sort of a, another promotion push this season. Um, you're a bit lower in the table um, going into the game, so were you optimistic you could get a result? Well, to be honest, yeah. Because um, the way the boys are playing at the minute, I did fancy them, you know, to get up to get something. Um, 
but you, as you probably know, in this in this league, anyone can beat anyone on <laughs> any given day because it's quite sort of close between the clubs in this league. Yeah, I, I, I mentioned that um, pretty much every week on the podcast because it does always um, seem to be the case. You went down early, didn't you? Um, 1-0 down early to Canesham on uh, Saturday. Did you fear the worst or did you remain as optimistic um, as, you, uh, as you've as you just sounded? No, I, I did fear the worst. <laughs> I thought, seeing as the crowd was there, maybe the, the occasion might have got to them. Yeah, only in a silly individual mistake, but we let them in early and... I had a bit of a hiccup myself, and I thought, oh dear, here we go. But, and the boys dug in and started playing, to be honest. And I don't think we were that much under pressure. I mean, Keisham had their spell, which it was always going to have. Um, and we rode that out, got another goal, and then sort of kept going. And they started to flag by then, they were chasing it as well. So we killed it at the end, really. And you mentioned the crowd. There was nearly 250 people at West Clues um, for that yeah. for that game. I mean, have you you won't have played many Western League games um, in front of an attendance that large, will you? No, not not no, no not chance. Well, apart from the the derby <laughs> for Radstock, um, it was Boxing Day one last season. I think we had about 400 at that point. Yeah, um, you, you, you've done well to remind me of that, actually, because I, I feel as I've put my foot in the ma- mouth. Those, <laughs> sorry, um, sorry, sorry. those games against Radstock, of course, the Coalfield Classico, they're, they're, they're so hotly contested and, 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 and there's such local, you know, massive local interest. But, um, oh, definitely. In recent years, you haven't had the better of those results. So I didn't, I mean, going into, going into the Saturday's um, game, were you, were you a bit concerned that your players might feel under a bit too much pressure with such a huge crowd? Well, I, they all knew how it was going to be. Um, we spoke about it earlier in the week at training and that. Um, but it was just—I was just trying to keep them relaxed and be relaxed as possible. You know, um, they, they're good boys and they adapted well. I, I did think they might freeze. I did, you know, truth be told. But they, they handled themselves. Well, and professionally, so yeah. And from the club's perspective, of course, um, such a bumper crowd and such a high-profile game as well. I'm sure everybody at Welton Rovers is really chuffed that not only you were part of that Groundhopper weekend, but also you got a result to really kick things off on the Saturday. Yeah, we've had a tough month with some big away travelling games midweek, which is never never easy. But the boys have, you know, they've adapted themselves well to that. We've travelled well and, and got some big results. Last away trip was at Devices. I thought we were hard done by in that game. Um, but the boys weren't despondent about that because I, I've, I told them that it's probably the best game they've ever played. To be honest, if we'd had another five minutes, we'd have got there. <laughs> uh, we lost 4-3 at that, but, you know, that was after being 4-1 down. Well, you, you did have two very good away wins, didn't you, in September? First of all, away at Sherbourne and then away yeah. at Chard. And Chard's never an easy place to go, no, of course. No, definitely not. And but you, we've, when we get out of the traps really quickly, and, and we're all right there, see? Because our fitness levels are really high, so that, that keeps us in good stead. Well, you finished the month with a bang as well, with a good win, 3-0 at home to Khan. But there were a couple of draws in uh, in the mix as yeah, well in September. Yeah, I think and those, those draws, I think we should have won, to be honest. But we didn't apply ourselves and paid the price for that. Because when... That happens. Uh, when I look at the table, you're you know you're currently in eighth. Um, you've you've um, you've won five. You've drawn five. You've only lost three. You must be pleased that Welton are proving to be something of a hard nut to crack. Anything we're doing this season is a lot better than you know where we last season. It was a building season last season. It was a very tough season. Um, 
but we've moved on and upwards we've got some obviously we had some new players come in and and it, the boys are gelling really well and playing really well like I said our fitness levels are really high so I don't tend to worry if we go one down because I know we're going to finish strongly whether we get there or not is a different matter but I, I always know we're going to be going to 90 minutes and plus I remember from our previous interview that you talked about last season being a building season because, of course, it was your first season as manager of the club. But yes, this season, yes. what, what were your expectations? More importantly, what were the, the targets that you set the players um, for this season in the, in the first division? Well, I've made no, I've made no bones about um, telling the players that I, 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 I expect a lot better, more than last season. And I told them that they're quite capable of finishing in the top six. Challenging for it, challenging for it. And they know this, and I put my faith in them, and they will do this for me. That's the goals I've set for them, and I believe they can get there, and they believe they can get there, which is more to the point. Well, the fixture calendar has slightly calmed down. Obviously, uh, uh, quite a few fixtures, they've been coming thick and fast, but a slightly calmer October. Um, you've got Corsham up next, uh, and you've got games against Portishead and, and Wincanton Town too. So I imagine that you'll be looking to push on from that strong finish to, she- uh, to September and hoping that a few of those draws can be turned into um, victories. Well, yeah, I mean, like I, say, like I said earlier, um, our biggest enemy is complacency. So um, as long as we're not in that, then we shall be OK. We kick on from this latest result. I mean, it, it's probably stood us in good stead, as in people have seen the result and they will take us a bit more seriously, I imagine. Than last season. One of the questions I always ask um, the managers I'm lucky enough to interview is um, looking at the uh, looking at the opposition around you. And uh, of course, we're, we've we've played a reasonable chunk of games um, this season so far, Clive. So, which teams that you've come up against have impressed you? Which teams do you think will be in the hunt come the end of the season? Well, obviously, Westbury. They're flying high at the minute. Um, I'm a big fan of Cheddar. You know, I know they've had ups and downs all season, but I'm still a big fan of them and their football because they, they've been together a while and, they, and I've watched them for a while. So I think they'll be there or thereabouts. I'm still going to say they're going to be there or thereabouts. And obviously um, with Westbury. Now, one final question, Clive. I really am grateful for you taking the time to speak to me today because I know you've had to take time out of work. Um, but one final question... Um, and that is, uh, well, it's, it's not really a question, more of a statement in, in some respects. One thing I've talked about in recent podcasts is um, the, in, the, the the really impressive social media that Welton Rovers have. Um, I hold it up as a bit of a, an example um, to the rest of the clubs who want to use social media better to promote themselves and obviously um, the league and, and its football. Um, and um, a lot of that is down to your vice chairman, Gareth Paisy, who I had the pleasure of interviewing on many occasions when I was at Summer Valley FM. Um, in your role as a manager, you, it must be almost unprecedented at this level of football to get such a professional standard of marketing and social media. Absolutely brilliant. I can't sing his praises enough, to be honest. Um, he does a cracking job for us on and off the pitch. Anything you need at a club, I mean, it makes my job really easy, to be honest. Um, anything you really need at a club, you 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 only need to ask him, and he'll get it sorted. You know, uh, it's just it's just it's just a pleasure, you know, to sort of work with these guys. Uh, some of the training kit he's put, he's taken, you know, sort of money out of his own pocket to, to promote some of the training warm up tops and things like that. Um, yeah, it's a great great bloke, great bloke. You know, very professional. And it makes me, you know, makes you a joy to be at the club, to be honest. 
Excellent stuff. And finally, in the first division, Westbury United, all conquering Westbury United, it would have to be said. They were in really, um, well, they were in really vicious form against Portishead Town, weren't they? Yeah, they fired eight past Portishead, an eight-nil win, uh, seven different goal scorers. So only Lee and Milburn uh, scoring twice. Uh, further goals from Steve Hulbert, uh, Dan Price, Dan Kovacs, Mark Robinson, Ricky Hulbert, and Matt Jones. A uh, really dominant second half performance, so they pushed on well. Uh, yeah, an eight-nil win for, for league leaders Westbury. Now there was one game in the Premier Division and one game in the First Division on Sunday, the eighth of October. Of course, both of these were um, ground hot games, and I think if. If ever you needed an advert for Sunday afternoon football, um, then this is probably it, considering that they were the biggest crowds of the uh, of the weekend. We'll start with Shepton Mallet. They had a good win at home to Brislington. Yeah, the most one-sided of the, uh, the ground-top games. Uh, Shepton Mallet running out 4-1 winners uh, against Brislington. 285 uh, people there to watch, which is brilliant. Uh, and it was a hat-trick uh, from James Billing, which stole the show somewhat. And, uh, yeah, three really well-earned points for Shepton Mallet. And then in the first division, Bishops Lydiard were the host, Cheddar were the visitors. Cheddar, of course, with a troubled start to the beginning of the season, but uh, they've been in very good form uh, of late, haven't they, Tom? Yeah, and they secured another three points on Sunday, uh, a 3-2 win away at Bishops Lydiard, uh, in front of what is the biggest first division crowd we've seen so far this season. Uh, Chris, Croom, Chris Coombs gave uh, Cheddar the perfect start after just seven minutes, uh, but then the home side pushed on, uh, and they enjoyed the best of the rest of the half. Uh, and they took a took a lead to the break thanks to goals from uh, Ben Hebditch, who scored twice. Uh, Coombs then turned provider uh, for Cheddar's equaliser, which was volleyed home by Adam Jones. Uh, and then 18 minutes from time, uh, the Cheesemen completed their turnaround. Uh, Ricky Bennett beating the opposition keeper, uh, and a 3-2 win for Cheddar. Now we'll uh, turn our eye to the upcoming. Uh, fixtures this week, um, starting on Tuesday the 10th of October. A couple of games to talk about in the Gloucester Challenge Trophy. Bitten at home to Henbury and Chipping Sodbury Town there at home to Longwell Green Sports. Of course, that's an all-Western League clash. And we've also got Somerset FA Premier Cup action. Tom, do you want to take us through those fixtures? Yeah, sure. I think mean, there's seven uh, matches uh, on Tuesday in, in the Somerset Cup. Uh, we've got Street. They travel to take on Lark Hall Athletic. Uh, Odd Down hosts Froome Town. We've got Portstead Town versus Portland Rovers. We've then got an all-tool station affair with Shepton Mallet taking on Chard. Uh, Ashton and Backwell travel to take on Taunton. Uh, Westerton Mayor host are Brislington and Bishop Sutton uh, travels to take on Yeovil Town. And on Wednesday, the 11th of October, in the FA Vars, we've got a replay between Christchurch and Westbury United. Of course, Neil Fitzpatrick told us about that on last week's uh, podcast. And again, another another run of S- uh, Somerset uh, Cup games, Tom. Yeah, three more fixtures in that competition on Wednesday. We've got Bishop's Lydiard uh, taking on Radstock. We've got Cheddar hosting Bath City and Hengrove Athletic versus Bridgewater Town. Now moving to Saturday, the fourteenth of October, and uh, action's a little, sp- uh, little sparse, Tom. Hmm, it is somewhat. Just two Gloucester Challenge Trophy fixtures, two o'clock kickoffs, I believe. Uh, we've got Hardwick hosting Roman Glass and George, and Rockley's Rangers. They'll take on Bristol Telephone, so obviously looking to put a slightly poor run of form behind them. So we're not going to have much to talk about next week, are we? Doesn't seem like it. No, we'll have to we'll have to think of something else to chat about. Well, I, I we'll have plenty to talk about because, of course, um, we've got quite a busy week, uh, you and I, this week yeah. in the uh, in the Western League. Um, uh, we'll uh, we'll start our parish notices 
section by um, reminding the listeners about the Western League versus the England Sea game. That's this Wednesday coming, 7:45 p.m. kickoff. Uh, it's taking place at Melksham. Uh, if you haven't already got your ticket. Uh, then uh, come along on the night. You'll be very welcome, I'm sure. And then on, on Saturday, that Saturday, October the 14th, it's the 125th anniversary dinner. I've got a sneaking suspicion that might have something to do with the fact that we've got quite a sparse selection of fixtures going on on, uh, on Saturday. But that, uh, that, that event is taking place in the evening at the Bristol Marriott. And uh, if you're interested in going and you haven't already got your ticket, then they can still be bought from Sue Merrill, and her details are on the Western League uh, website, so uh, you can still get those. You can still get those uh, those ticket uh, those tickets. We've. Uh, I'm very grateful to Andy Radford, uh, who sent out a, 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 an email to all clubs, um, reminding them of our parish notices um, feature on the podcast, because we're very keen to promote um, the big events going around all of the clubs in the Tool Station Western League family. But one of the other things that um, I've been trying to do since we started the podcast is pair up our member clubs with their local community radio stations. So many of you will know that my background is in community radio. I started off um, on Summer Valley FM. And it was very much with that in mind that I wanted to put together today's show, not only celebrating the Groundhog Weekend, but also celebrating two of the sides in the Soma Valley that I covered for many years and have continued to be covered every week by Summer Valley FM. But it's not just about me and my connections with that community radio station that we've brought to the podcast. I'm very pleased to say that Bradley Stoke Radio, Warminster Community Radio, Bristol Community Radio and Glastonbury FM have all carried uh, interviews. In fact, they all regularly carry interviews. In the case of Glastonbury FM, they carry the podcast as a programme. So they're very keen to promote uh, Western League sides in their area. And if you're involved with a Western League side, and if you know of a local community radio station uh, that you'd like to hear your side covered on, whether it be our manager interviews or even coverage of their social events to promote them to the local community, then please get in touch because I'm very keen to help the clubs build those links with, uh, with community radio stations across the Western League area. Now, um, a special plug to Summer Valley FM because they've been very supportive... Um, to to me and to the podcast and in fact Tom and I kicked off this season's podcast by with a trip to their studios to record a special program where we interviewed Andy Radford and John Paul of course the league chairman and um, they carried two programmes, uh, the one that I was involved with for many years, the sports show, which goes out on a Tuesday evening. Now, of course, if you're listening to this in the Soma Valley area, you'll know that that show with Alan Trinder and Evan Dando goes out between six and seven and carries regular interviews um, with Welton Rovers and Radstock Town. And then on Saturday, they've got Saturday Live with Richard Burgess. That goes out between four and six p.m. And that's a results programme, and that carries the results also of Welton and Radstock. Quite an achievement really for a community radio station to have a live Saturday programme carrying the results of Western League football. So if you know that your side's playing, either Welton or Radstock, and you want to know how they're getting on, you can't get hold of Twitter, then tuning into Summer Valley FM would be a really, really good way of doing that. So that's my plug for community radio. But as I said, I'm really keen to help our member clubs build a relationship with their local community broadcasters. So please feel free to get in touch with me. I know that the uh, the Western League have sent out an, a communication so the clubs know how to get in touch with us. We always talk about how you can get in touch 
touch with us on Twitter. I am at Ian Knockholes, but it's a bit of a niche market, perhaps. If you want to do it the old-fashioned way, then you can certainly get in touch with the Western League and, and they'll put you in touch with me. Tom, um, thank you very much for your time today. Uh, we Well, I look forward to seeing you because you're going to be coming to the game on Wednesday, aren't you? Yeah, we're really looking forward to that. should be a, a great occasion. Looking forward to it. And the first time I've been to Melton's New Ground as well, so I'm looking forward to checking it out. And uh, you're also hoping to make it along to the anniversary dinner? Indeed, indeed. Hoping to show my face. Yeah, well, I shall look forward to pouring you into a taxi at the end of the evening. <laughs> um, but, uh, well, uh, more importantly, actually, uh, your bulletin, that is up. And uh, that is up and live on the Western League website, isn't it? Indeed, it's got all the, the ground hop information on there from, from the fixtures that have just happened. And, yeah, that's on the, uh, the Station League website uh, along, the, along the tabs at the top. And have you got your column into this week's, West, uh, this week's uh, non-league paper? Indeed, yeah. yeah. Premier Division roundup, uh, leading with um, Buckland's defeat against uh, Bridgewater. Obviously, a big, big result for Bridgewater. Absolutely right. Bridgewater, by the way, another town with its own community radio stations here. But for Tom and myself, it's going to be a memorable week in the Western League with our 125th anniversary celebrations. We look forward to catching up with you next week, letting you know how we got on. Uh, but this has been another Tool Station Western League podcast. <laughs>